I could see the end of your XLR cable sitting over there by you. (laughs) (laughs) He's plugged in on my side. Now it's plugged into the recorder. Awesome. How are you doing? We are professionals, people. Don't ever doubt our professionalism. (laughs) And now they never will again. Trying to formulate a response to that one. (laughs) Well, today's Monday, May 22nd, 2023. Welcome to the Mind Virus Show, everybody. This is the Mind Virus Podcast, and I'm Jordan Bruno. You are Jordan Bruno. On the podcast, yes. I'm Bobby Flood. Not to be confused with spring runoff floods. Is it starting to happen? I've heard from some of the country folk that now is the time, like this week, next week, end of May. Start of June. Yeah, the the temperatures have certainly heated up. It's been quite pleasant recently. Um, but yeah, I think so. I think some there's been some flooding. I mean, we've talked about it in the past, but um, I think we've kind of gotten off easy, though, because of the mild temperatures. They have been kind of mild. But I think they're still, they say about 50% of the snowpack is still sitting up there in the mountains. Top headlines on our, our uh, local Pravda. We've got Utah reservoirs are filling as rivers remain near flood stage. Water managers are trying to balance filling reservoirs while minimizing flood damage as the warmer weather sets in. Um, Crews monitor large sinkhole at American Fork Golf Course. (laughs) Of course, this large sinkhole is full of water. (laughs) Right. There's a lot of water coming out of the canyons. I've been... Uh, uh, around a little bit and these there was one particular one that last summer was basically dry and now is like raging a raging river where's that uh coming out of one of the, the, the local canyons oh okay so in idaho somewhere could be possibly <laughs> one of those little guys yeah, uh, some of our local ponds, you know, that they have for parks are filling up fast. Yeah. And uh, I was thinking, are these ever going to be full last year? Are they ever going to fill this uh, fill this up with water? I think uh, we got to give props to, I guess, the people, the entities, the forces that, because a lot of those local ponds and some of the, even the reservoirs up in the mountains have been recently renovated or built some of these ponds you know are newer yeah uh it's almost like they knew there'd be some billion dollar rain (laughs) but uh whether it was luck or what uh i guess uh, it's a good thing that some of these things were were put in place did you um you notice that it's been really um smoky murky uh, dusty, whatever outside. Yeah, I, I apparently we're getting that from Canada. Yeah, 
they were, they're not getting their billion-dollar reigns in Alberta, apparently. To me, it seems... It, okay, this is... It's, I've been in Canada in springtime. It is not um, normally fire season in Canada in spring. So this is, this is bizarre. I haven't looked a lot into it, of what they're claiming all the causes of these. But there's a lot of wildfires in both British Columbia and Alberta. And again, that, that's a part of the world, especially um, kind of uh, central and, and it would be eastern British Columbia, western Alberta. The, that's a rainforest area. It's kind of like, a, and it dips into a little bit into Montana near Glacier National Park. That, that's an uh-huh. area. It's a lot of rain. Especially this time of year, it like rains every day. Now there's drier parts of, of both those st- uh, provinces and of course Montana, but we but, got we sorry we got a couple of headlines on another local uh, news outlet of uh, you know dad and son rescued from swift water in the after falling into the Virgin River twelve year old airlifted to hospital after n- near drowning at Gunlock uh, this is uh, southern Utah but uh, be careful out there this is this is something not to be trifled with yeah that's definitely true. <laughs> Payson Canyon, waterfall scene cascading off of Canyon Road. Oh, and it's eroded. Looks like part of the Nebo Loop Road there. Yeah, I can believe that. It's unclear when crews will be able to assess the area to ass- well, <laughs> to access the area to assess and repair the damage. You know, Mother Nature, I, I just I just don't think we're we realize how close we live to the tipping point where she can just make whole sections of the world inaccessible to us by right by the natural events like it what does it take to cut off access to um Tremont? well a huge flood over i15 would do it you know right somewhere or between a, here and there a sinkhole or a sinkhole <laughs> yeah the the uh, the sinkhole something that nobody expects right <laughs> where did that come from yeah, uh, yeah. Mother Nature is always in charge. I mean, we think we, we think we uh, have these these uh, indestructible cities. I think the Book of Mormon has stories about that. We well, we, worse than that, we think we can control the climate. We well, have some, we have some sort right. of effect on the climate. Right. Maybe we, maybe we can manipulate it. Maybe the billion dollar rain is real. But well, when I we think... when we talk about things like climate change, and you think about. I think most of our listeners understand that when, when the oligarchy talks about climate change, what they're really talking about is people control. Just like when they said we are going to control the virus, what they really were saying was we're going to control you. When they said, you know, your job is essential or non-essential, what they were saying was you are <laughs> not essential to right. us. So yeah, well, there's a lot of hubris, a lot of hubris. And there was a... Some uh, little bobblehead that works for the Washington Post has declared herself a, a disinformation expert, and that's her role at the Washington Post. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, the BBC. Although the Washington Post, I'm sure has <laughs> the same. Run the, by the but the same one, I, the specific one I'm thinking of is is the BBC, which is the British Broadcasting Communists, and um, they uh, they they've got a, their disinformation expert. And you just think about the hubris involved with such a declaration that some 
bobblehead journalist can stand up and, and tell the world, like, I am the arbiter of truth. I am a disinformation expert. Or in the words of your favorite Harvard professor student, I am a single source of truth. Harvard professor student? Yeah, I, I never got it. I never was. It was never clear to me if Yasinda was going to Harvard as a a student, a student, or a, like or a grad or a professor, student, or going to to lecture, or both. I don't know, but <laughs> apparently, disgraced uh, prime ministers are welcome and uh, uh, wanted at Harvard University, which has a, la- a large endowment found fund. Yeah, speaking of the endowment fund, uh, they rank number four. It looks like behind Stanford. Stanford's number three. Japan Science and Technology. So the Harvard Harvard Endowment appears, it's, it says it's called the Harvard Management Company. I assume that's what we commonly call the Harvard Endowment. Okay. And they uh, are ahead of Yale and Princeton and MIT and Duke by a significant clip here because uh, Yale, who's fifth, it, it comes in at about $56 billion. Fifty-six uh, billion for Yale. Right? Yale, that's their endowment. That means that's the money they're making money on, right? Think of yeah, the so, interest on fifty-six billion dollars. So, what is the what is the definition of an endowment in this context? What what is an endowment fund? A way to make a heck of a lot of money. Well, it, it's a heck of a lot of money that makes a heck of a lot of money. Like if you can make. If you can make, let's say, 5% interest, is that conservative with, the, with their money managers or would it be more like 10%? Because, you know, you're getting three and a half right now at the credit union-ish. Mm-hmm. Right. Is that, I mean, wh- who's going to check our math out there? Who are some of the smart people out there? Dimitri hasn't chimed in in a long time. Dr. Nick. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Somebody check our you're math. A <laughs> you're a doctor. He's a doctor. Um, uh I don't know about TBM. He's kind of loosey-goosey sometimes. Uh, no. Whitaker. Okay, Whitaker, check our math here. Um, seriously, though, if you've, got a, if you've got a $75 billion or $72 billion endowment, which is the Harvard endowment, does that mean you're making about $7 billion in interest a year? So... Um- yeah, if it's 10%. Because that's the idea with an endowment, right? Now, uh, endowment comes from the Greek enduo, meaning to clothe. And if you're LDS, you have an interesting mm-hmm. perspective on what the word endowment might mean. Uh, to become, We say things like, oh, he's nicely endowed. Or, <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, it's a, essentially a gift taken as a gift or a, some sort of power given or information given, or in this case, money. Like the opening credits to He-Man, right? Uh, you're going to have to remind me. I, do, I am familiar with He-Man, the master of the universe. Well, he, would, um, he was just a goofy old Prince Adam until he had the sword, and then he, he transformed and said, I have the power. Right. He was endowed with power. By the sword. Same with Cringer. His cowardly cat became Battle Cat. Yeah. I, that's interesting how they essentially named everything what it is. <laughs> right. He, man, right. she, ra. Man at arms. Man at arms. Yeah. Then you have the battle cat. Skeletor. <laughs> you know, I watched some He Man. It's very, very, a very ancient tradition to na- name things the way they look or the way they function. I, I, I watched some He Man on YouTube recently and, and it is terrible. 
Okay, like so his the animation is- quality. The animation quality I can somewhat forgive because this is the 80s. But man, the writing is so bad. It's so corny. It was for kids too. But uh, I know. I realize kids compute that. So uh, we got to get into the symbolism of He-Man because na- his name's Adam. I forgot that. Yeah. What's the girl, the princess's name or the... Tila. Tila. That's her first name, not her, right. her I, battle as name. As far as I know, that's just she's just she Tila. Doesn't, she doesn't. She's not train. She-Ra. Prince Adam's the only one that goes from uh, him and the know, cat, Clark Kent to Superman. Him and the cat, right? What was the name of the ghost? The little black, uh, uh, dark. Yeah, little, his uh, name was Orko. Orko, yeah. Black as in color black. Yeah, like a, yeah, and like a like red just, robe or it's something. Like, it's supposed to. I think it's supposed to imply that there's a space there. Like, yeah, not. He sort of looks like one of the little like Jawas a magician or something. Yeah, from Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, Orko. Um, I I was big into I was big into He Man when I was a kid. I lo- I really liked He Man. I was more a fan of GI Joe. Yeah, GI Joe was great. That's another one you go back and watch now and. It's kind of corny, and also you realize it's just military propaganda. <laughs> well, it's sort of predictive too, like the mind control machines, the weather modification, <laughs> right? The, uh, we just don't have the transporter, like the transport the entire army from here to there thing, right? Also, nobody ever died in GI Joe. Like the enemy's ship would get blown up, and they'd just parachute out. Did you ever notice? That? Yeah, yeah. Kind of funny. Yeah. Oh, it's for kids. <clears throat> What were, but, uh, what were we talking about? So uh, endowment funds. So an endowment fund, where does this money come from? Is this just from like Harvard uh, sweatshirt sales and, and tuition? Or is it like donors, big time donors get the ball rolling and then in, smart investment well, people take that money and grow the account? As far as the Harvard um, endowment, I think it starts with donors and then it, it uh, it's um, increased. They they build upon it through economic activity, right? For example, um, buying up distressed properties through housing and urban development for pennies on the dollar because of secret dealings with uh, Washington insiders like Cuomo, who used to run the place. And then uh, turning those properties over for a profit, right? So it, perhaps ten percent is a, a low number, ten percent per year, and they, and they use that money. They don't just put it back into the endowment, right? They'll use them. The idea with an endowment at a college is that it's supposed to fund scholarships and academic activity. In the case of, in the case of these. Uh, Ivy League universities and most universities in general right now, the idea has been that that's how our woke avalanche, our social avalanche of wokeness has been funded the last 10 or 15, 20, 30, 100 years, right? Mm-hmm. The, but it's, it's gotten bad. We've reached like a logarithmic or exponential whatever uh, right. uh, conclusion here. Conclusion is the wrong word. Uh, fever pitch. Apex. Apex, <laughs> yeah, like a, or a, a, a hockey stick end of the graph here we're, we're with wokeness. And, and I think that's largely due to the fact that these people um, have been exporting the mind virus 
via the universities for so long and it's and it's finally kicked in maybe there, there was a catalyst there was a catalyst is some as a, in a chemical situation is what you would add to another chemical to cause a reaction right so then we've seen this catalyst over the last few years some somehow they've injected into society via media manipulation and of course the populace was primed for it in a way they've injected these ideas to evoke a certain outcome it appears i mean this is all fun and games we're speculating right, right. it's all fun and games till some mind virus listener gets their eyes shot out <laughs> but uh anyway harvard's 72 billion probably bringing in five to seven billion a year on that money just passively just with minor effort by a few right. a few mediocre money managers. I mean, they, they could probably bring in even more every year with some savvy investments. But that's but, the principle. Okay, so Stan- Harvard- Stanford's <clears throat> is above them at 75, and then you've got Japan Science and Technology Agency at $80 billion out of Asia. Okay, the, everybody else we've mentioned is North America. That's in, 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 a, in a university. But anyway, they're number two worldwide, I guess. All right, so let's take some guesses on number one. It's got to be, um, it's got to be uh, something related to Bill Gates, Bill and, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Something related to maybe uh, Stevens Oil, Stevens Henniger College. Oil. These are all colleges, right? <laughs> all colleges. University, <clears throat> University, University of Phoenix, University of Miami. This is uh, this would you would think that if they were gonna if they had an endowment that was gonna dwarf Harvard, so the top the top endowment fund in the world, I'm assuming here, at least according to this article we're looking at, which came from Zero Hedge. Um, it's got to be like some British university, right? Or like a, Cambridge, Ru- a Russian, maybe? a Russian oligarchs, private dinosaur fund, like <laughs> Carnegie's dinosaur fund. I don't know. What is it? Okay. <laughs> Enough suspense, right? Okay. What is it? And how much, how much is it worth? <laughs> Number one in the world, Enzyme Peak Advisors incorporated $124 billion. Dwarfing number two at eighty billion dollars, I mean they're almost double the next guy. That's a lot of money. Yeah, we talked about this last week. Of course, comes up from time to time. Does it matter? You've been you've been tweeting. You you've been in the Twitter Twittosphere Twittosphere Twitter Twittosphere the cesspool cesspool. What do, pe- what do the people think about this? I, I, it seems like our listeners are interested in the subject. Did you, did you bring this up at church um, yesterday? No. No, you know what's interesting is... Um, the, are, are you secretly a money manager for the church? The big... The big... Um, if you take uh, the whole sort of as a whole, the financial stories... Uh, about Ensign Peak and the LDS Church, um, there's quite a bit of story there because you've got you've got the SEC um, 
cease and desist order, which happened a couple months ago. What did they ask him to cease and desist? Being very wise and and, and uh, effective money managers, I think. I think it was stop being secret about it. Or deceptive. Stop breaking the law is what they asked them to do. That's That was the cease and desist. Right. Yeah, stop breaking the law. Which uh, normally you you would just throw people in jail for that. And by the way, uh, a little side note on that. People, well, and you've asked what the, do the people think, and I can't speak for everybody, but I can speak for a few people I've seen on Twitter. But what's interesting is one of the talking points is that, oh, five million is nothing because we have 150 billion. <laughs> and you're saying five million because that was the fine. That was paid. the fine. However, it is, it is either the largest or one of the largest 13F related fines. 13F were the documents that the church was, was uh, filling out deceptively, <laughs> uh, falsifying. And there's a, some regulation uh, related to that called the 13F rules or something. But the point being is that it, it, from... You want to know what five out of 150, 5 million out of 150 billion is? Well, it's nothing. It's 3.33333333E negative five <laughs> to, the, to the power of negative five. Uh, so but, whatever but, that is. But again, we're talking about context here. And other, there has been, since the 13F rulings or rules went into place in like the 80s, there's been a few violations. Now, these 13F documents, I'm not an accountant, I'm not a lawyer, but I've done some homework on this. They're pretty simple to fill out. Um, the point about them, the, po- the, the reason they exist is so that big investment firms, you, you qualify to fill these out if you manage more than $100 million. So bigger investment firms are required to disclose how they're investing their money to the public. This is supposedly done to create some uh, uh, competitive it's a public, goodwill. It's, it's, it's part of the law because it's supposed to, supposed to create transparency because these people get special tax. Well, and they and, move and, the markets. Uh, yeah, and they, market consideration. They move the markets, and so it's fair. It's fair. The SEC has determined it's fair to know how these big companies are moving well, the markets. It, and it has to do with the idea that a uh, corporation is a legal fiction. It's created right. as, like you as a person can only go so far, but if you if you have a corporation, then it, it sort of, it gets bigger than mm-hmm. just an individual. And they have, they the, these corporations have rights or, or legal, there are legal ramifications and, and legal rights and, and uh, laws and rules related to a corporation that uh, allow it to exist and do things like a human would do. You can contract with mm-hmm. a corporation and then, and then the people in that corporation are sort of protected and enriched by it. So you got to think about what, corporate law. So the, the, they're, they're sort of a special, it's a legal construct. That's the best, best way I could describe it, a legal fiction that, that we've created to allow people to, to do things bigger than themselves and still... Uh, retain the benefits of their creativity and their labor and they kind of get out of control well kind of they they absolutely get out of control they're used as weapons against 
other people to aggregate wealth and and right. and and cr- control people. By the way, the fine, just to translate it into plain English, that was scientific notation. It was point zero 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 three right percent or or not percent so it would have if we were to do a percent it would have been point zero zero three percent but the point being that the the five million was nothing in the big scheme of things for ensign peak or the church but it was by far the biggest 13f fine ever i think it was massive when you look at it in that context um <clears throat> the and the idea was that the settlement the fine was based on what the sec believed they could get if they had they gone to court and of course the church agreed to all of that because this the cease and desist order is a mutual document um that both sides came together and negotiated and compromised on um, but, uh, anyway, I, I, we've kind of talked about that a lot, but if you take, you ask, what do the people think? And if you take the whole financial conversation and, and at least according to the, to the cesspool on Twitter, you kind of have two camps. Um, one camp saying, Hey, this is a big deal. The, the church needs to be more transparent and honest about the way they spend money and the money they have. And then you have another camp that says it's nothing at all. This is great news. The church is uh, very responsible with their investments, and they've done a great job in growing that. Man, they're so, they're so good about the way they do this. Do you have any, any sense of which is the bigger camp? Like what are... Oh, definitely the latter, which is why I... You know, since this started to kind of gain traction, I've never heard an. Or- <laughs> Thank you for that. Sorry. I've never heard an organic conversation about this, like out in the wilds of of Utah Mormonism, like just at sacrament meeting or over a, uh, you know, at the ward party, ward party, or or between over sacrament- green, green green jello and carrots, or between sacrament <laughs> meeting and elders quorum or something, funeral potatoes. And I'm not saying that it's not occurring, but it's if it's on people's mind, if it's on people's minds, they're talking about it elsewhere. They're not talking about it in person with one another. Maybe in one-on-one conversations it's happening, you know, when you meet someone on a walk or something or bump into them in the neighborhood. But I think this, this, is, this, this kind of, if you keep zooming out, it comes back to maybe a continuation of what we talked about yesterday, yesterday or last week, last Monday. Um, my brain is sort of right now sort of mushy. It's like yesterday was anything in the past and tomorrow's anything in the future. But it, it kind of harkens back to last week's conversation of, of maybe reimagining society and what, what makes society a good society, which has been a big theme for us. And maybe what is, what is the purpose anymore of churches in general? Because churches were one of those things in the pandemic, the <coughs> pandemic, that was the first things to get jettisoned from our society. You know, I could still go and get fast food, or uh, I could go to Home Depot and get whatever I needed there, and I could go to Target and Walmart and get the you know our poison 
food that they sell us there, but I couldn't go to church. Mm-hmm. They got rid of church pretty quickly. And churches, for the most part, didn't put up much of a fight. In fact, churches, a lot of them went just lockstep, went along with it. So the mind of the people, I think, on, this, on the financial stuff is that either they are completely ignorant about it or they've just ignored it and not formed an opinion or addressed it at all, or they're saying, this is great, they're, the church has been so responsible with our funds. I could read you something. Let me see if I can find it really quickly. While you're looking for that, this is on my mind for some reason. You remember this? Yeah, Johnny Biscuit. been talking about well, that's outdated now we've been talking i'm saying say like what anymore. what would be in the mormon rap this is from the 80s right or the early 90s yeah it's johnny biscuit right i don't know who it is i'll put a link to this dude uh it says song by the walter and walter the walter and hayes band okay no johnny biscuit he did the heisman rap the tiesman rap johnny biscuit used to be a, like a little com- local comedian ran the club johnny b's okay um, but yeah, that's, that's, I got those mixed Walter up. Walter and think. Hayes. I don't know those guys. There's a, uh, a little, vi- it's got a video. I never saw the video. I had it on a cassette tape when I was a kid, but you know, it's sort of this, the song goes through all of the fun Mormonisms. It talks about, you know, having green jello with carrots and, yeah. uh, um, the, you know, I was trying to go somewhere, but the doorbell rang and it was the home teachers and, right. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty good. So, like, would the would the two thousand twenties version of that have something to say about Enzyme Peak Advisors? Like, and we're the richest, uh, funky church in the universe. You know, I think the bigger challenge would be getting the full church name into a, a catchy tune. Well, you'd say we're the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. You see. Something about Donnie and Marie, blah, blah, blah. I mean, what did he then, say? He listens to the Mormon Tabernacle Choir. Now he'd have to say, listen to the choir at, uh, at Temple at, Square. At Temple Square. <laughs> yeah. And then, and, then, uh, and then how do we work at Enzyme? Enzyme Pink Advisors are cool, you know, because they're making all the church money start to grow, da, 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 you know. Yeah. Maybe we should wrap an episode. I think that would turn out really poorly on my part. Yeah. But, uh, I, I think we've rhyming think is we've, fun. I think we've done enough of that just now. But anyway, here's what I was looking up. This is from Trevor Lee. He's a local Utah representative, House District 16. Um, I don't know if he's related to Mike Lee. I haven't cared enough to look that up. But th- this, I think, sums up pretty well the general feeling, the general idea out there. He says, this was um, in response to the 60 Minutes story 
This was on May 13th. He said on Twitter, I love how responsible the church underscore Jesus Christ, they just, he tags them with their handle, which is CH underscore Jesus Christ. I love how responsible the church is with its funds. If only the federal government had this same type of mentality, the blessings from paying tithing willingly are insurmountable. Hashtag LDS, hashtag make it a trillion, hashtag tithing. And I think that's basically the, uh, the, Kind of the the make it a trillion, yeah. So he's got a nice little uh, puff piece here on uh, De- Deseret dot com. So the Deseret News. So he, apparently he's tied in. Yeah, the Deseret News created a they they put out a piece uh, in response to this that basically said no. But I'm saying they they're doing a puff piece on Lee himself, right? Okay. Right. He's he's probably the yeah. I he's don't, a bright young star to watch. Blah right, blah blah. Right. And the Desert News spun the 60 Minutes thing saying, well, the church has been, you know, really uh, poor in the past. And so that, that's how we understand their decisions today, which I'm not sure I understand the relevance. But, um, well, yeah, a lot of people who haven't had money before decide they want to hang on to all their money in the future, right? Yeah, but that, see, that's another big thing is that this is all about hoarding or having lots of money. With, with, and and the, that's not the point. Oh, they're spending a lot of money. The point... The they'd be po- making the, a lot, the, but the, they'd be spending a lot. The point of the SEC cease and desist, the point of the whistleblower, whether he's telling the truth or not, the point is that the church is breaking the law. Well, the, it, what, isn't the matter closed? The, they consider the matter closed, and they, when you went through the document, I didn't, they signed their names to the fact that they had been deceptive with their practices. Senior leadership... That right. was the point of the settlement was you you admit to what you did and you pay a fine that that makes that official it it uh <clears throat> what's the word it it uh it seals the deal essentially the money seals the deal the senior leadership in the document the SEC cease and desist order which you can find and read through it's very short it sort of consummates it, it de- that understanding it defines senior leadership as the first presidency and the presiding bishopric. And these thirteen F forms. Let's remember they are, they're filed quarterly. Um, they're very very common things. Every money manager at these firms knows what they are, knows how to do it. So for twenty years they filed four a year for all of the shell companies. That's a lot of thirteen um, F filings for all of the assets that they had. So this isn't, this isn't like they forgot to sign a, a, a one document one time. This, was, this went on for a long time, and it was, mm-hmm. it was designed to be deceitful. That is admitted in the documents for the purpose of hiding the wealth from the public. So they broke the law to hide the money from you and me. And so that's not the same thing as, like Trevor Lee here says, I love how responsible the church is with its funds. Like, okay, that's, they can be responsible in the sense that they grow the fund. Well, that's the question. Nobody knows what's going on with these funds. These are private right. endowments. Right. And by the way, let me just throw this out here. Let's talk about this in a minute. But the University of Utah is on this list of the top 50 in the world, which is 
interesting. I mean, we've talked about boxing weights here on mm-hmm. on uh, the show. It's like we've got a few uh, flyweight, welterweights punching in the heavyweight class here with the University of Utah and the LDS Church to- right. uh, on this list of the top 50. Right. I, th- I think that says a lot about the... A lot of a lot of people like Trevor Lee are going to say, "Oh, aren't we so great? This is great." Or, from my skeptical mind, it's like, "No, we're tightly tied into the secret combination, guys." I mean, Harvard University. If you didn't listen, if you haven't been listening to the Mind Virus podcast, we've been educating you on the finer points of American conspiracy theory <laughs> and fact for a while. And uh, these are the guys that tried to hang uh, Catherine Austin Fitz out to dry because she tried to make. Uh, the f- help the federal government be more transparent and more efficient, right. and they're behind the scenes buying up properties for pennies on the dollar because they have insider corruption deals, corrupt insider deals, you know. Right. And if and if you're a BYU fan, you know, of course, the University of Utah is corrupt. So as number thirty four on the list, <laughs> yeah, but, it, but by <laughs> proxy, by BYU itself. is number one on the list. <laughs> so we got two. We got the two. The two major factions of Utah represented heavily here on the list. Yeah, and look, I, I'm not trying to just hammer this stuff, but to me, to me, the biggest uh, it, it's raised a lot of questions that. Uh, that I'm looking for answers for, but the big question, again, I like to zoom out on, on some of these things and it's like, what, what is the purpose of religion in, in America or anywhere in the world? And does money have any real place in that? I've, I've seen arguments that in, in the church themselves have made this argument that this is a rainy day fund that we will need during the apocalypse or the second coming or to build Zion. Well, you know, there is a whole censorship industrial complex out there that we were going to talk about a little bit today, I think. Well, it's all related. It's related because their job is to make sure you don't think think to ask that question. The question is not what should religion be doing. It is, aren't you super excited about your brand? Right. And, and the brand is telling you to do something. The brand is telling you to think something. And, and what is our brand telling us to do and think? I mean, do you is have, it telling us to, to engage in humanitarian aid by going to a vending machine to buy a goat yes. for some unknown person at the end of the year? I mean, that, that's an interesting and creative concept, but think about that. Is that... Okay, okay, well, hold on. It, it, how much? How many people who go to those giving machines and feel great about themselves for doing it have ever looked up where the money goes? It doesn't. It, it, those are just vending machines for the World Food Program and, and other UN-related entities. By the way, the UN was in Salt Lake recently. Had a nice meeting with the with the church. <clears throat> um which uh, kind of just stands on its own, in my opinion. But, but right, now you're looking something up. Well, no, just, I, I stop myself because, I mean, we're asking, what is religion, right? Well, what is the purpose of it? Yeah, or what, what is the function of it in society? Well, is it the opiate of the masses? Like, uh, what was that, Nietzsche? James, the brother of the Lord, okay? Can we rely on the Bible here as an authoritative reference to maybe Christian religion? Mm, I don't know. <laughs> it's pretty old. Uh, it's not as valuable you, as my vintage could comic I even, book could I, collection. Do you want me to even bring up the story about what you told me about your uh, a speaker in your 
in your ward yesterday? <laughs> you, you can bring that up vaguely if you want to. Vaguely, in a, in a, I don't. And, in I, and unnamed, for the record, I don't even remember the person's name. He was a visitor, a visitor from, from a the, high from a high place, a high council, perhaps. <laughs> um, was speaking and said something to the effect of, uh, "I'm supposed to speak about President Nelson's talk. I agreed with it all, and so I'm not going to say much, and I'm not going to quote the scriptures, but I'm going to go ahead and quote Warren Buffett. Essentially, is that, an, is that a fair? ambiguous enough paraphrase essentially he did bring it he did circle everything back to president nelson's talk president nelson's peacemaker talk which has been really the only thing anybody's talked about since then in church which essentially the message was sit down shut up and don't don't contend with i mean depending on how you want to look at it i mean kind of Like, was that a little bit too uh, abrasive for me to say it that way? There was one, there was a, you know, again, like on, on its surface, and we talked about this, this talk right after it happened, on its surface, it's, it's got a lot of great messaging in it. So, you know, well, that, but, that, but it lacks, but you can't just look at things in a vacuum. Right. The love there's one context. another idea is important. The love one another idea is important, but uh, to contend at the expense to, to say we're not going to contend at the expense of truth, reality, and um, righteousness itself, or, or righteous, you know, mm-hmm. c- correct reality. <laughs> right. And I have, I have some friends out there. This, this is layered. Like, this takes on... It, it, well, this happens in a lot of groups, not just the LDS church. It's like... Yeah. That, it's, that was the whole point of the COVID um, propaganda, was sit down and shut up. Yeah. Stay home, stay safe alone together president nelson said he says something like i'm not talking about peace at any cost and my question immediately in my mind when i was listening to that live and and one i've pondered since is but what is the cost of peace because there is the peace isn't free and there has to be a there has to be at some point where's the line that we won't cross where we do start to stand? And you, I think you're starting to see that in different factions in uh, Western civilization where people are saying enough is enough on, on certain things. We finally got to that point with some of the COVID restrictions, although I think it was far too late. We're seeing that with some of the gender ideology, although I think it's far too late. I mean, how many how many kids' lives have been destroyed because they've been chemically or physically, you know, mutilated and castrated mm-hmm. and Frankensteined? But um, um, where were we? T- where were we going with all of this? Well, what is religion? What <laughs> yeah, is right. what is what is religion? Right. Because do you, do you think that when because the, the idea was that <clears throat> the idea was that uh, we do this for our religion. We we have all this money for our religion, and they say it's a rainy day fund. And and in the in the case of uh, the public sentiment, the the discussion has shifted <clears throat> from well, you know, they've broke the law. They broke a very important law. I mean, there are, there are very rational reasonable well and uh reasons reasonable and, reasons why you should have to disclose those things if you're a corporation right and let me point out the obvious here that maybe people don't want to hear cuz i've seen others say well yeah these other companies got fined for the same thing and blah 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 de blah blah de blue okay 
And, and I even saw someone made a big list of companies that have been fined Pfizer, by the, perhaps by the SEC <laughs> okay. for other th- other than 13F violations, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Pfizer has the biggest corporate fine in history. Bazillions of dollars. So let's multiple see multiple fines, uh, not just one fine. F- companies that have been fined by the SEC, basically any company you can think of, any big company, right? Mm-hmm. But let's point out the obvious. The church, the LDS church and Ensign Peak Advisors are not supposed to be like those other companies. They claim they claim that the, higher purpose. the money is managed by revelation. That was Bishop Casse. Those were his words. They also claim... Okay, hold on a second. Is that meaning they're getting revelation and that's what's causing them to make good business decisions? And they're expanding <laughs> the fund that way? Like, uh, we, we got a revelation to invest in Pfizer? Is that what you're saying? Or are you I, saying... That I don't money, know. He didn't the elaborate. Money, the, the money is used by revelation. I they, think that may be how he meant it, but I don't, I'd have to go back and see the whole context of the statement. But these are lofty claims, and they're claims that the membership accepts. And so they also accept that the leaders are acting on a higher moral plane than, say, the executives of Apple or Microsoft or, uh, you know, whatever. And yet they're still mired in this, this business of breaking the rules, deliberately hiding the existence of the money and the way it's used from the people who contribute, uh, that might be somewhat legal. You could probably do that legally, but it, is it ethic? Is it ethical? And is it moral? But do we think that Zion is going to be established with money? To me, that cuts to the to the core of all of this, because that's kind of the claim the church made. Well, we, we, it's a rainy day fund. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's money for the second coming. What did, in, in, well, Jesus taught a pretty simple gospel. What did he say was his gospel? Well, uh, <laughs> that's a trick question, or a, a tough question. Tough question. What do you What are you getting at? Like, what, uh, there's no, the doctrine it, of Christ. No, I, uh, I mean Jesus said over and over, like, "This is my gospel," and he laid out the terms. And I am the way, the truth, and the light. Life. No, nobody comes to the Father but by me. I'm. What are you What are you looking right, for? Right. Faith, baptism. No, the doctrine of Christ: faith, repentance, baptism, gift of the Holy Ghost. Right. And, he, and he, that's basically what he said: is this is my gospel, and it's not more or less than this. Right. Right, he said, "This is my doctrine." I, that's what's right. confusing okay. me. It's like, what are we, what are we getting at? Because, like, the gospel meaning the good news is sure, sure. As I'm, I'm here. I'm the redeemer king. Right, I, I am the guy that's going to not the other guy. I'm the guy, you know, the one that's always in your face, that's telling you I'm the god of this world, the one that's taking your attention. That's the right, the wrong guy. I'm the real guy. I'm going to suffer for the sins of the world. I'm going to make intercession. <laughs> I'm going to create an at one moment uh, reconnection of this. So those that come through me to the higher realms of the cosmos. So what I'm, I guess what I'm getting at is, do churches need do churches need money to proclaim that? Well, and, the, and you can the make guys the that argument, are doing the chosen are doing it by donation. You can make the you yeah right. You can make the argument that yes, of course. Do they have an endowment fund now? <laughs> right. 
And I think there's a difference between, you know, sufficient for our needs and getting absurdly excessive. Because a lot of the things that have been disclosed with at least the LDS church's use of their endowment fund have nothing to do with proclaiming the gospel. Well, you can also make the argument that $124 billion ain't what it used to be. Yeah, but it's still a lot of money. <laughs> it's a lot of money. Um, well, I mean, okay, it, me... it's, it's, it, it's essentially unlimited money. Yeah. The way that it's all set up, it's essentially... They couldn't spend that much... Uh, I mean, if they tried to. I mean, you, obviously you could. You could but, totally spend it on, if you build enough temples, probably. But, well, and they're building a lot of those. I but, mean, that's but, exp- but those, those are, are those only have about, expensive upkeep. Uh, yeah, but they're probably only 20 to 30 million a pop. Well, I think part of the reason that these endowments grow to be so large is because it is difficult to spend the excess. You know, the, the purpose of an endowment, again, is so that you don't have to cut into the principal. You can, you can spend the excess. You can spend the interest. And uh, if the money managers at the church are any good, which sounds like they are, they probably on average are making between 6 and $12 billion a year in right. interest on that money, so, which is going to be difficult to spend, especially considering you're bringing in what three to seven billion dollars in tithing receipts. What do right. you even know? What it, what is it? It's it's yeah, ebbed and flowed. Uh, the estimate about five. Basically, the estimates that I've seen are that there's about six billion dollars, six six to seven billion dollars of tithing that comes in every year, and that matches up with about the operating budget of the church is about five to six billion. And so tithing sort of covers that. And then the mm-hmm. excess tithing, that's the church's phrase, is then rolled into these investments. Like City Creek Mall, like land. The church owns a tons and tons of land. And that's part of part And it's of the... not land that they're saving for temples or churches. This is, we're talking about land like mountain ranches. We're yeah. talking about land that isn't where you'd build something. It's just, it's just land to hold, to, to own. And again, you can, you can, you can, we could get into the weeds on this, but I want to, I want to talk about the bigger uh, picture, the bigger question. Does any of this matter when you're, when your mission is supposed to be establishing Zion? Or bringing people to Christ. Or, right. Does or, any of this have anything to do with news. it? Well, we talked about the purposes <clears throat> of tithing, right? And I think one of the big, back to the weeds, one of the big reasons they don't want this public is because it might cause people to consider that they don't need to pay tithing directly to the church. Whether a per- person tithes or not is, is well, a philosophical question, but the, the, the emphasis is always made that you have to bring your tithes to Melchizedek, who they sit in the seat of Melchizedek or whatever, in order for it to actually be a tithe. And then we have the uh, Doctrine and Covenants 119, which we discussed last time about how it's for the debts of the presidency, for the house of the Lord and for the building up of Zion, right? Mm-hmm. Which is sort of ambiguous. And so the, there's the, the church has done a very good job via its, and I say this technically, its means of propaganda to convince people that the money needs to flow to them. Not you don't you don't you shouldn't take any independent action. If you do, it's not considered a tithe. Right, but because we need to aggregate the money, and now they've aggregated the money. They've they didn't bury the talent in the Babylon sense. I mean, they they've expanded that, and now what is it for? 
well, a, quote, a rainy day or prepare, preparation for the second coming? And I think that's a good question. So getting back to getting back out of the weeds, I wanted to read this quote from James, the brother of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And it's in uh, James chapter one. It says, the reason I say James, the brother of the Lord is because this is not the Peter, James, and John yeah, James. Okay? Right. There was, there was uh, multiple James mm-hmm. or Jacobs <laughs> because King James had these names. Right. The, the, the scholars had the names changed. Um, th- that were involved in the, that close circle with the Lord Jesus Christ during his mortal ministry. Well, anyway, James chapter 1, verse 26 and I'm reading from the King James, If any man among you seem to be religious, and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain, meaning not effective. Okay? And uh, let's talk about bridleth not his tongue, because it sounds like, you know, maybe that's President Nelson's message, to bridle your tongue. To bridle your tongue is is not to shut up. Okay? A bridle... And, and the, this is literally what the Greek word means here, is, is to uh, lead by a bridle, okay? The, the issue with the bridle is that it guides the horse. It keeps it on track. It keeps it focused. It makes it do what the master wants, mm-hmm. all right? So to bridle your tongue is not to shut up. It's to be in control of your tongue. Mm-hmm. So that's how you can... Uh, you can kind of identify what he's saying. If if any man seems to be religious but doesn't control his own tongue and but deceiveth his own heart, just telling what, what, what himself. Did they pay, what did they pay the fine for? For having too much money. No. <laughs> oh, for for being wise. And responsible. No. Oh, okay. What did they officially sign off Falsified on? Falsified documents. They, deci- they deceived people. Yeah. Okay. And so if you're, if, you, if, if the discussion out there, if the majority of the discussion out there is not about that, 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 that that's not what they paid the fine for, for, we're deceiving our own hearts here, right? And our tongue is not bridled. It's not well-informed. It's not in control. Verse 27, James goes on and he says this, pure religion, undefiled before God, the father is this to visit the fatherless and the widows in their affliction and to keep a person or himself unspotted from the world yeah but read the footnote it says unless there's a pandemic i think the footnote actually says this does not apply to uh the endowment fund <laughs> <laughs> right yeah and so that uh, again what what is what is the what is the purpose of religion anymore? Is it to enlighten people and to help us bridle our tongues, bridle our passions, to help us achieve enlightenment? or take, it, To take care of each other? To take care of each other, to build communities, which we talked about last week. Or is, it, is religion now just branding? Uh, Reed, do you have our website pulled up there on your laptop? I will. I wonder if, though, you know, getting back to the censorship industrial complex, I wonder if the purpose of religion these days is to bridle the collective tongue. Well, I, th- I think it's not to bridle it, but to cut it out. Well, to control it, right? To right. guide it, to lead it, to tell right. it what to if think. If you're talking about it in the context of the 
censorship industrial complex, which is made up of all of these massive companies. Well, what's interesting is is that when we look at that list, if we ever do get to it, these are these are organizations that are part of universities like Stanford and like Harvard, Mm -hmm. which were top on the list, who receive government funding to quote control disinformation. Anyway, I also have big technology companies that the LDS church is invested in billions, millions and billions of dollars in, in stocks. Right. It's the same, it's the same people, just right. subsets of these organizations. <clears throat> so, so I've got the website pulled up. What were you looking for? Uh, there's a comment from, there's a, on the latest post from a new commenter that I think is relevant. We talk about the branding. What this it, was Edwin. Yeah, I think so. Do you want to read that? Good stuff. I enjoyed the conversation. We are not building communities anymore as a faith or a society. Instead, we're hyper-focused on building the tyrannical powers of our preferred idols. Is that the one? Yeah. I think, uh, I think you, you, you brought up the word branding. Um, I think that's really relevant. I think because if you look at kind of our social state, at least in the United States, Everything's tribal. Everybody's just backing the brand, right? They're writing for the brand. I know you love that phrase. <laughs> and and what I heard is that the, somewhere? What from, is the from uh, was it Princeton or Yale educated individual? Y- Yale. Yale. Okay. <clears throat> you, but but the point being is, right now, every it doesn't really matter. The actions of people or organizations or institutions don't matter, as long as. It don't matter to the people who uh, are rah-rahing for those entities. So the church can falsify documents and deceive you, but because you're a member of that church, you have to spin it like Trevor Lee does and say, wow, they're so responsible. Mm-hmm. If the a Democrat Party, if operatives in the Democrat Party are found to have spied on the uh, presidential campaign of Donald Trump, you have to spin that and say, well, that's because he deserved to be spied on, or it was just Russian propaganda or whatever, right? Because that's your tribe, that's your, your group, and, and you can't hold your own group accountable because that creates all kinds of cognitive dissonance into a person, and maybe they have to reevaluate their worldviews and realize that maybe the, the powers that be don't have their best interest at heart, don't have our best interests at heart. Maybe they're actually trying to destroy us. Well, not only that, they're trying to tell you what to think, and they're, they're, um, they're deeply enmeshed in this web of uh, information control. I'm just doing a quick word search through this article we're going to link to. This, this article is entitled, The Censorship Industrial Complex, the top 50 organizations to know. We're doing doing the top 50 list today. We've got the top 50 endowments and the top 50 organizations. Unrelated articles. This one was by Susan Schmidt, Andrew Lowenthal, Tom Wyatt, Technofog, and a few others. Linked on Zero Hedge with an introduction by Matt Taibbi. Anyway... Stanford University shows up in this article 26 times, right? Mm-hmm. Harvard, three times. Brown University is uh, linked to the, very, the first organization they talk about, Information Futures Lab at Brown University. And uh, anyway, these guys are all on the list of the biggest endowments, okay? Brown University is number 35 right behind the University of Utah, Okay. <laughs> But, of course, Harvard and Stanford uh, rank highly. Uh, Let's see if Yale is on the list. Yale is not mentioned in the article. 
But uh, these groups... But there's a lot of Yale people involved in these. Yeah, th- this is a very incestuous um, community. For example, I was talking to some of our friends of the podcast who are professors, and they were explaining to me how when you get a PhD, you can only teach. It's sort of a... It'd be very unusual for you to teach at a university that was better or more well-respected than the university you got your PhD from. And so this is why the Ivy League schools have been able to export the mind virus so effectively because in the last many decades, they're the ones that can go pretty much anywhere because they're considered top tier. And then everybody else can only teach at a school that is on the level of wherever they received their doctorate. So there's this pecking order out there. It's no, and as you can see from the money, it's no mystery why uh, Stanford and Yale, sorry, Stanford and Harvard and Brown and these guys have such disproportionate influence, and they also have these disinformation groups mm-hmm. at their schools. Well, who's at the top of the list? <laughs> this is, is so enigmatic. What is going on here? Right. Well, I think um, I think we quoted some of this last week. It's worth repeating the, the words of Moroni in Ether Eight. Um. Well, we were reading Mormon chapter eight. Ether chapter eight is a whole nother. Is this Moroni or Mormon? I can't remember. Moroni is speaking as he's finishing his father's record in Mormon chapter right. eight. Ether eight. Ether is, eight is Moroni also. Moroni also right, yeah. and he he uh, he he spends a lot of time warning us about secret combinations, which is a. Book of Mormon term for conspiracy <laughs> theories or conspiracy. Well, I don't know if you do call it theory. Can right. You call it fact, right? <clears throat> well, yeah. Secret combination. What is secret? Hidden. Hidden. Okay. What meaning you wouldn't want to disclose your activities to the public or to the governmental agencies. What's a combination? People acting in concert, right? <laughs> okay. So, so, but, but that's what secret is, right? Is, or is it just confidential or private? Wasn't you were saying you were watching? Were you the one that was talking about in the sixty minutes thing? Because I, I never mm-hmm. watched the sixty minutes thing. Mm-hmm. That he was uh, the church rep, which wasn't Cosse. It was, it was uh, a Bishop Brick member, Waddell. Uh, Christopher Waddell. Yeah, he Bishop was. Waddell. He was. He was called on the carpet over the thing being secret, and he said, well, it's not secret, it's just confidential. Right, and then the reporter says, what's the difference? And it stumped him. Right, and so these and are... I think co- his answer after a minute, uh, after a kind of being him stumped, he said, it's a matter of perspective. Right, so we have some confidential uh, collaboration <laughs> in the Book of Mormon, but I, we need to be aware that these confidential collaborations get above us because the sword of justice hangeth over us. Is that what you're about well, to read? Well, he says that it cometh to pass that whoso buildeth it up, meaning the secret combinations. You mean confidential collaboration. Seeketh to overthrow the freedom of all lands, nations, and countries, and it bringeth to pass the destruction of all people. For it is built up by the devil. And, now, and we're, sorry, can I pause you? Yeah. We're not just talking about, like in the case of the Book of Mormon, I want to be clear, because yeah, there, is, there are people that work in secret and um, collaborate. And in fact, private 
private collaboration goes on all the time and it's not right. necessarily bad in this case he qualifies it he qualifies it and these are these are uh, groups that are built up by the devil maybe they started innocently but they end up in a sort of a ritualistic uh, so so i think there is dark ritual involved but but it's not necessarily what you think because ritual can be anything like meeting every thursday or Right, but he says he qualifies it says a seeker to overthrow the freedom of all nations. So, so the, the qualification here is that it's about control. He says right? because you control via the mind first, and then physically second. He says this is Ether eight twenty two, and whatsoever nation shall uphold such secret combinations to get power and gain. Well, what's power and gain? Well, could, I could we just it, use the words influence and money. Yeah, influence, money. Uh, I mean, look at. But isn't it good that we have influence and in money? And he's just related isn't that to what us. You're just telling me is that we have this inf- secret influence in money. He's just related a story of about uh, a conspiracy to get power and gain. It involved murder, right? With the uh, uh, the daughter of uh, of the king, and yeah, power and influence, uh, or, or uh, money and influence, is the currency of today i mean you think about this censorship industrial complex what do they actually do they influence you they influence the the stories we're told they control the news media they control the newspapers they control the uh, they control the congress they control the war powers look at ukraine right this supposed war in ukraine is a, a creation of these people who have power and gain. There, there was, there's not, there's some natural tension between Ukraine and Russia, but it, it was escalated into a hot war because of these people who have this influence. I mean, look at Ukraine on Fire, the documentary. You have people like Victoria Newland on the record saying, "We need to replace the president. Get our guy in there." so we can foment this conflict. You have John McCain, you know, pre-Trump, over there with Lindsey Graham saying, we're going to start a war and you're going to win it, essentially. Uh, and, <laughs> yeah, they, mis- they misjudged that one. And so again, whatsoever nation shall uphold such secret combinations to get power and gain and t- until they shall spread over the nation, behold, they shall be destroyed. For the Lord will not suffer the blood of his saints, which shall be shed by them, shall always cry unto him from the ground for vengeance upon them, and yet he avengeth them not. Uh, He also says, the Lord does not work in secret combinations. Um, yeah, Yeah, verse 19, For the Lord worketh not in secret combinations, neither doth he will that man should shed blood, but in all things hath forbidden it from the beginning of man. <clears throat> There's a massive secret combination that has gotten over the, the nations. And I don't think nations can necessarily means just like bordered, bordered nations. nations. It I means think the it people means of the world, right? Just people, right? People, the ethnic, groups. The ethnicities of the world. I think and even in our modern times, it could mean institutions it could mean the cougar nation <laughs> yeah it could mean a- any kind of body of people churches institutions universities i mean the universities our universities are basically just maoist training camps 
nowadays. The it could mean brand, right? If you're loyal to the brand, the right, the Budweiser Nation. And then I think ultimately it comes down to individuals. Like we, the only way out of this is for individuals to start recognizing it, right? What's the quote? Men go mad in herds, and come to their senses one at a time, right? That's Charles Mackey, uh, right? Summarizing that or paraphrasing it. So here we are uh, with this conspiracy. I don't think that any Book of Mormon believing, studying person could say that the secret combination has not gotten above us. And and so we have to awake to the sense of our awful situation. And now what? And And that's where I think religion is supposed to be a counter, especially true, pure religion is supposed to be a counter to the secret combination. And it's not being that. Is it? Is it a counter to it, or is it just pure people? And the the secret combination is an, is essentially a counter to our pure essence, our godly, divine natures. It's essentially the natural man inclination to get power and gain. The natural man being an enemy to God and has been since the fall of Adam and will be unless right. he yields to the enticings of the Holy Spirit and puts off the natural man and becomes a saint. Like Moroni says, he says, I, Moroni, am commanded to write these things that evil may be done away and that the time may come that Satan may have no power upon the hearts of the children of men, but that they may be persuaded to do good continually, that they may come under the fountain of all righteousness and be saved. That's the purpose of religion, that we may be persuaded to do good continually and bind Satan up, that he has no power. If he has no power, okay, according to this formula, right, that Moroni's laid out, the secret combinations are built up by Satan, by the devil. To and get power. They're designed to get to power aggregate and aggregate gain. power and control to and, the devil. And he will lie and deceive and murder and uh, to do that. And then once they have power and gain, what do they do? Well, they, they rule with blood and horror, right? We've seen other examples of that in the Book of Mormon. That basically, they become tyrants. And they seek to overthrow the freedom of all people. I don't think that, that we can overlook that. The Book of Mormon is the most pro-liberty and freedom scripture we have. Yeah, it is the <clears throat> freedom scripture out there. And so the formula is to counter that. Moroni warns us of this stuff, that we have to wake up and see the situation and then come to Christ and be persuaded to, do, to continually do good, and that's how you combine the power of Satan. So that's where I think the purpose of religion, and I don't mean like big box religion TM, I mean just religion. Is pure to, religion. Pure religion is to bind the power of Satan. And right now we are in a situation that is awful because the powers uh, that be, the oligarchy, the conspirators, whatever you want to call it, have gotten above us, meaning they are in positions of power and influence. They they control the money. They control the the message. They're in positions of control because of that. And they're trying to assert greater full-spectrum dominance over us using that influence and power that they already have, right. which is great, which is, which is very, very great already and has been for the last century. Right. Uh, you, you could almost go back to and pick out a date, you know, 1913. <laughs> you could almost do that. <laughs> when this was put into motion. When the tipping point reached. Right, at least in the United reached. States. Yeah. So we, we're in this situation where, where we are under the 
we are under the influence of these conspirators. Yeah, and I know you were just kind of dancing around it. I'll post a link to this article. There's a, there's another article on uh, Zero Hedge today, which is uh, Seymour Hirsch entitled uh, Something Else is Cooking in Ukraine. And the gist of it is essentially that Ukraine's neighbors want the war to stop. Latvia, Lithuania, Hungary, Estonia, mm-hmm. Poland, these guys don't want the war, but they don't have enough money to buy Zelensky off because the Americans have more money. Right. This is the heart of what we're talking about. Literally, <clears throat> they're buying a war. And, and, and it mentions uh, how they're trying, to get, they're, they're trying to get Zelensky to retire and um, and they want him to they want to pay him off and tell him to go retire to his Italian villa that he's gotten with corrupt with all this corrupt money, right? Mm-hmm. But the problem is that they don't have enough to buy off all the generals. Meanwhile, the intelligence uh, agent or official that he quotes in this article says, um, "Let's see." Hirsch, by the way, is the same guy who broke the story that it was the United States that blew up the Nord Stream pipelines. Yeah, and this is a follow-up to that. And he was quickly, this is a well-respected guy, and quickly all the people that well-respected him <laughs> threw him under the bus when, but, he re- when he posted that. Yeah, the, the issue for them, the official told me, this is Hirsch says, is how to get the United States to stop supporting Zelensky, meaning money. He mm-hmm. says, the White House support goes beyond the needs of the war. Quote... This is a quote from the intelligence official. We are paying all the retirement funds, the 401ks for Ukraine. Mm -hmm. And Zelensky wants more, the official said. Quote, Zelensky is telling us that if you want to win the war, you've got to give me more money and more stuff. He tells us, I've got to pay off the generals. He's telling us if he is forced out of office, quote, he's going to the highest bidder. He'd rather go to Italy than stay and possibly get killed by his own people. That's how bad the actual reality is. Right. And this stuff, supposedly, he goes on and talks about how the president of the United States, Joe Biden, theoretically, allegedly, he um, receives a three-page brief- briefing every day, which he doesn't read right. on what's going on in the national, uh, or sorry, the worldwide, uh, all the worldwide hotspots or whatever. He, he, he gets his three-page brie- briefing, and he doesn't read it. And he says, essentially, Hirsch is saying, that um, there are people in the intelligence community that can see this very clearly, and they're trying to get the message to the White House, but the White House doesn't seem to care. And I would argue, Hirsch, come on, man, you just got you just got stepped on by the combination. Can't you see the conspiracy? I right. mean, you you can, and in the most pejorative sense, the the evil conspiracy that's controlling America. It's very clear. Yes, Virginia, there is a conspiracy. You know, it's not is not made up. It's very clear. We can see the uh, the evidence of it. We we just don't know exactly what it is, which makes it hard to convince people because you can't pin it down to an individual. It is a corporation. It is a an entity or a group of entities. Perhaps most of the endowments on that list of top fifty endowments. Perhaps it's the top fifty. Uh, organizations involved in in disinformation efforts or combating disinformation is right. what they say or it's all of the above right is it is it people who have been already mind controlled swayed to join their side of the understanding people like this uh 
What's his name? Lee, the representative. What was his first Trevor name? Trevor Lee. Trevor Lee. What? what <clears throat> does, he, he voluntarily does that, right? I mean, that's, you know, you... Well, you because teach, uh, you think about the alternatives, right? To see the awful situation means, in a lot of cases, that your brand that, that, that you ride for, it's, it's accepting that actually they're... Flawed. Not just flawed, but they're part of the... They're part of the conspiracy that's being built up to get power and gain and to overthrow the freedom of all nations. Sure. And maybe they're not directly involved. Maybe they're sort of unwitting supporters, but nevertheless, they're involved. And I think that that's hard for people, especially if it's religion. I mean, it's, it's a hard thing for somebody to look at a church they've been brought up in that they contribute to time and money and, and blood, sweat, and tears to and that they believe is the, the true church on earth to consider that they that entity, that church has been deceiving them. This sorry, finish your thought. Well, I just think it's just a hard thing for people. It's it's a yeah. hard thing, especially if you think about like like our parents' generation, right? The the baby boomers. Mm-hmm. It's a hard thing for them to to accept that the intelligence agencies and the U.S. military and government, the leaders of the U.S. military, the leaders of U.S. government are actually... Uh, or the um, leaders of their churches. American-hating conspirators, communists, that are trying to destroy the, the United States, and that they're spying on us, and that they're fomenting but this, foreign it, it and domestic it, but wars. But it doesn't stop at the government. It's, no, I know. It bleeds, I'm just, it bleeds I, into all the universities just, and the... Right. Which you, call, which you admitted are Maoist or whatever. I'm not, right, I'm not I, arguing with you. It's just right. that it goes so much farther than that. What I'm saying is just you have certain sacred cows, so to speak. Like, the, the baby boomers love and trust the government and the news because they were brought up that way. Yeah. But now we're realizing that the government and the news and the intelligence agencies and the universities and the corporations and the institutions such as you know the hospitals and the medical schools, which are part of the universities, and even a lot of the big churches like the Catholics and the Mormons are all are all entangled in this web of conspiracy and are all involved in overthrowing the freedom of all nations. Right. It's it's almost as if any man as soon as he gets a little power or authority, as he supposes, immediately begins to exercise unrighteous dominion. Any, almost any man, almost, like pr- practically everyone. That's why many are called, but okay. few are chosen. But like, what, what I wanted to say is this, what, what's so difficult here is that the very religions we profess to believe, especially just the basic Christianity and, and especially Mormonism, teaches us <laughs> that we must repent, in other words, and we brought this up on the podcast, we must metanoia, change our hearts and minds, mm-hmm. shift our hearts and mind. This is the doctrine of Christ, according to Nephi, and according to 3 Nephi 11, when the Lord himself, he's like, this is my doctrine, and if you say that anything else is, it's not. Mm-hmm. It's faith, which is essentially correct belief, Okay, I'm not going to get into a big exposition on faith. I want to. I'm stopping right here. Okay. Okay. Faith is correct belief. And so you mean you, meaning you have to understand something about the actual reality, the, the bigger picture of what's going on, which in our case here, relative to this, um, the stuff we're talking about today, it's the actual reality of the geopolitical situation and the propaganda situation and the money situation and who's controlling 
not talking about just politics. We're talking about all the institutions. That means government, education, corporation, and the endowment funds, right? <laughs> which in- includes apparently our church at the top of the list and all the other big organizations, which include all the other churches, right? So we're talking about... Uh, the control, the major control mechanisms, the major influences in society. Okay, that's that's the the reality where we need to have a correct belief if we want to understand what's going on. If we want to really engage in our own religion, our own stated religion, without being hypocrites, right? With without being pretenders, we need to face this stark reality. And because it's not immediately apparent, the next step in the process is repentance. You get this correct belief. Um, and by the way, you remember uh, Alma chapter 32 about the seed growing into the, um, mm-hmm. the tree. Right. Remember our song, faith is like a little seed right. planted, it will grow. That's not actually correct. I, I don't mean to be rude to the lady that wrote it. <laughs> but Alma says, if you'll read the record, he says that my word if you'll compare the word, my word, to a little seed, then we've got something going. Mm-hmm. You need to plant my word in your heart. That's what he tells the Zoramites, is that it's the words of this man sent by God. You plant that in your hearts, and that will create faith and lead to repentance, which, of course, in the Greek, the more correct understanding of it is metanoia, a, a significant shift in your heart and mind, and then that will lead to the cleansing, the baptism, and the, uh, you know, so you evidence it by baptism by water, and then the cleansing, the agent, is the fire from heaven. If you want the fire from heaven, you have to cleanse the mind, which requires correct belief and a change of the heart and mind. So, um, th- this is, <laughs> these are the basic things we teach, and we've bastardized all the words, therefore, we we think we're as a society, and I mean a Utah society, right? A Mormon society. We think we're on track, when in reality, we've misunderstood what's going on. We've missed the mark entirely, because we can't have faith and we can't repent, and, and the, the words don't mean anything to us anymore. And and I've used this example before, and you can you you, you know. We cry repentance to each other all the time, and it's meaningless, again, because the word has been, his word has been devalued. You can go get up in church, and you can say repent, and the, and the kids are thinking, oh, I shouldn't have looked at the porn, I shouldn't have said something mean to my brother, I shouldn't have smoked a cigarette, you know. It's all about these, these uh, social things that the libertarians don't care about, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, watch too much TV, eight... eight, eight was disobedient to parents or, you know, I lied on a tax form or I, uh, I didn't tell my bishop everything. I mean, we, you know, you, mm-hmm. you know what we think of when we think of repentance. That's not the type of thing that gets Alma or Amulek tied up at a stake watching them kill, kill all the believers right. or, or Abinadi burnt at the stake or, or um, uh, Jacques de Molay, the Templar Grandmaster, burnt at a stake there on the river in Paris. Or Jesus hung on a cross. Oh, let's yeah, let's not forget the big guy, <laughs> <laughs> the real big guy. <laughs> not the can't even use the word big guy without thinking about uh, Joe Biden, right. right? No comparison, of course. But anyway, think think of this. 
Alma declaring repentance would be like you going to your stake president, Bobby Flood, and sitting him down or getting up in state conference or, you know, in a, in a forum where there's all these high ranking officials mm-hmm. and you saying to them, listen, guys, you have fundamentally misunderstood the world in which you live. Fundamentally. And you need to listen to what I'm going to tell you about how this actually works. And you need to change your minds. Otherwise, you will be destroyed in the cosmic sense. Mm-hmm. That goes over like a lead balloon. But that is our well, religion. You might, be, that is, you might be hauled out on a rail. <laughs> you might be burnt at the stake. <laughs> That's why that happens. Because it never really goes over well in, in popular Babylonian society. Right. But that's what they were saying, and that is our religion. That is it. That is the essence of it, is that we have to approach the actual reality. Consequences be damned. And we personally have to align our minds with, with it and with God, because the real reality is that, I mean, the ultimate of this is that you're in a fallen world that was, um, I'm referencing some of the material from that podcast I did, number 92, about cosmology. You're in the you're in you're in a fallen world that has been was supposed to be a cert, in a certain state that was taken into an entropic state by the devil, who claims to be the god of this world and his minions who who manage this world, and the true ruler who's supposed to have dominion is and who does have dominion because he took it back, is the Lord Jesus Christ and he has come to redeem his people, those who will follow him. And if you want to be redeemed, you have to align with him, the, the greater true reality, the, the bringer of truth, the, the spirit of truth, you know, the one that's, that's won the battle, the one that has the higher place in the cosmos. I mean, I don't know how to say it. The one that has the real power. Right. I mean, you can follow this to its utmost end. There's the Lord. He's in control, not Satan. They allow... The gods of light allow this to occur to test the loyalty of the beings here. And when that's completed, then you get the burning by fire, which if we read the prophecies right, it seems to be at our doorstep. Okay, yeah, it, well, that was definitely long seems to be. I, um, I think we, we need to wrap it up uh, for today. But uh, I think... Um, we we are in an awful situation and but there's a there's a way to recognize that and to combat that and i think that you should we should contend against the awful situation and the secret combinations and moroni's got a great pattern for that laid out in in ether i mean you, we and see sum- what summarize that again look, that's a good way to send us off well you look at what happened to the jaredites right the secret combinations got above them they conspired to murder uh, for power and gain. And what ended up happening to, the, to their civilization, to their nation? It was destroyed. They killed each other and to, down to the last man. Right. And, and Moroni's looking at that and saying, this is going to be the fate of all nations. And he saw it firsthand, too, with his own nation. The same thing happened to them. Secret combinations got above them that were seeking to overthrow the freedom of all nations and all people and to get power and gain, and they destroyed uh, Moroni's nation. 
So he's saying to us, I see, I'm speaking to you as if you were here and yet you are not. He's like, insert your name there. The Lord has shown Bobby, me Bobby unto Flood. you. Bobby Flood, the Lord has shown me to he's you not and talking you need about, to wake up. He's not talking about the Jaredites. They're long dead. He's not talking about the Nephi, Nephites and Lamanites. He's they're, ta- they're dead. He's not talking about Catholics and Protestants and agnostics and, and uh, atheists who aren't going to read the Book of Mormon. He's like, you that are reading this, you I can that see read this that you're reading this. And that believe this. I can see you, and yet you're not here. Let me tell you something important. Keep in mind, this, these are kind of the, the... He had limited space, and he's trying to warn us, like give us... If, if you remember anything from this meeting today, remember <laughs> this. And he says, don't let the conspiracy get above you. Uh, and if it, Most of the Book of Mormon, like the, the, even though it spans a thousand years, the, the war chapters, Alma... Helam and Third Nephi. Most of it's about their political problems, like their national right. political problems, and, and the, just the 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 crux of it is the secret conspiracies that get the money and the influence to overthrow the freedom of all nations. That's the that's the elevator plot, the elevator pitch plot of the Book of Mormon. The Book of Mormon is so relevant to us. It is. It's. It's the the people that say that it's not inspired. I mean, come on. Yeah, I, mean, I, don't, I don't even know what to say. It's like in your face, screaming at you, right? And so the 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 remedy is to be persuaded to do good continually, so that Satan has no more power. How do we do that? Well, through the doctrine of Christ. It starts with Christ, right? If you if you want it starts, to, it finishes. It's all Him. If you want to have your heart softened to understand this stuff, pray to Christ. Pray to the Lord, to the Father, to the Son, whoever, any of them. Get some heavenly help and there. It's, Christianity is not just laying down and letting the conspiracy run you over with the tank. That is not, in my opinion, that's not the Christianity of the Book of Mormon. No. And I don't think it's the Christianity of Christ himself. It's not the message that he brought to the world. The message was to tell the truth and to stand for it, and uh, we have to do that. That's the only way out of this. When you do it person by person, right? Right. And by supporting your local community, the people, not the... <clears throat> you, the brand. Like, you can, buy, you can buy a goat from a vending machine, or you could go help your neighbor. Yeah, or you could go buy an actual goat and give it to your neighbor, or chickens. Or, or maybe uh, you could, maybe or, if you or, want to do the whole love your neighbor as yourself, you could try to figure out what they would need. Right. I'm, <laughs> yeah, right. But what I'm saying is it's really easy to go to a vending machine and swipe your credit card and feel really dang good about yourself. Well, you're also doing it in front of everybody on the street, right? Yeah, and, Out and, there and, in, and, and on in, the site, you're, you're encouraged to post to social media and selfies and it's, it's and a, signal it's your a, virtue. It's a sort of a good intention that's been perverted. And by the way, that money is going to the World Food Program. That's a United Nations thing, right? I believe it is. So take that. We for didn't what even it's talk worth. about that. Like, f- Mr. Flood over here was a little incensed by um, a meeting between top <laughs> church officials <laughs> and the well, United Nations. Is a church hosted uh, the the UN again, and they just fawn over each other. And it, there's a lot of scripture things that come to mind when I see that. And and again, like. The UN is no friend of freedom. They are part of the secret combination that is seeking to destroy the freedom of all nations. I keep saying that <laughs> phrase, but it's like you can't repeat it enough. 
And so uh, it's not funny. Uh, I don't think that when they met and had a big photo op and everybody's hobnobbing and smiling, I don't think that was when President Nelson told the UN president to repent and that he was part of the secret combination. I don't think that came up. And it's How can just, you be sure? Uh, well, because they just fawned over each other. Okay. Does that, that must mean something different than... So uh, anyway, we're going to wrap this one up. Um, thank you, everybody. So thanks much for to, listening. So much else to be said, but thanks for listening. Um, we'll link to some of the stuff we reference as we always do. Well, I say we, but that's Jordan Bruno does all that. Just go to mindvirus.show if you want to look up some of these sources or just continue to listen to us and not talk to us on our website. We appreciate the comments. Yeah, we do. Thank you, everybody. Share, comment, subscribe, smash that like button. <laughs> <laughs> you know, all those things that the people on the internet say. <laughs> and we will talk. See you later. We will talk at you again next week. <laughs> <laughs>